the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Legends. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Jim Root, joined on this fine Wednesday by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Kai McEwen and Matt Cox. Every Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping a new Big Bets on Campus episode talking all things betting in the world of college hoops. And of course, Stucky and Co. will take over the weekends coming up soon now that football is coming to a close. On today's episode, we're going to discuss some key games of the week, both at the power conference and mid-major level, give you some early takes on spreads using the Ken Palm ideas or, or the Ken Palm spreads, his guesses at what they'll be able to give you a, a lean there. And we, of course, start, fellas, with the most beloved segment of this podcast, this Wednesday weekly pod. That would be the live dog of the week. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, there's my dog. Where's my dog? Last week, Arkansas State covered, but did not win. I guess this is two weeks ago now. We did not have a holiday week episode. Uh, Mizzou got smoked. The others actually kind of struggled too, unfortunately. Fellas, I'm going to give you what I've got, my little batch that I cooked up Wednesday and Thursday. Then I'm going to give you free reign to pick one you liked, agree, disagree, maybe even give some bonus choices for the people. So I've got three on Wednesday, three on Thursday. Wednesday, I'm looking at Xavier plus seven at Villanova. Rhode Island plus seven home dog against St. Joe's Chattanooga plus 11 at Samford out in the SoCon. And then Thursday, Stony Brook plus seven at Northeastern Jacksonville plus six at Florida Gulf coast and Milwaukee plus 10 at Oakland. There's a common theme between the Chattanooga and Milwaukee ones at the end there. But Kai, I'm going to go to you first. That is a, that is a six Mm -hmm. pack to select from. Do any of them jump out to you or is it Jim? You're an idiot. Why are you even think any of these teams will win? Jim, I'm looking at Rhode Island for Wednesday, um, hosting St. Joe's, like you said. Uh, Kim Palm implies plus seven. The thing about Rhode Island, though, is it's tough to have a ton of confidence because the fan base is very out on Archie Miller right now. <laughs> and it's a reactionary take for sure. Um, but Archie has struggled the last few games until last one where they play Northeastern. And there's a reason why. They got a bunch of guys back in the lineup. They got David Green eligible from Louisiana Tech, who is a game changer. I, I believe, and I think the fan base agrees as well. Uh, Fuchs back from injury. Uh, even maybe one other guy, Matthew, but the, the point the, is allow from which allow transfer. Yep. Yeah. Point is much healthier. They switched the starting lineup up, brought court right off the bench. I think it's a better chemistry we're seeing from Rhode Island. It's one game, but I, I think they have a, a real puncher's chance, Matt, to take St. Joe's down. I agree. Kai. I will be fading the forums with you in, in terms of mm. the forums fodder on uh, selling this roadie team. I don't love what I've seen so far. I agree. I think there are brighter days ahead. And St. Joe, I think, has people enamored by their performances against Kentucky. Um, but this team can play close to anyone. And I don't think on a conference roadie, kind of a weird spot in the schedule, that you're going to get an A-plus St. Joe's effort. And we know a C-plus effort is capable of losing at home to Texas A&M Commerce. I think you get closer to that end of the spectrum than you do the Kentucky effort in this one here, Jimbo. So I'm with you on roadie. 
Okay, yes, that is Wednesday night. Again, I I very much like that one. I think Kai's point about the team being healthier. David Green, Kai, you mentioned Game Changer, had a really good debut. Uh, mm -hmm. So it does look like that Game Changer will come to fruition. Uh, the other two I mentioned Wednesday, you know, Villanova games are just very high variance because both teams take a ton of threes. We've seen them beat great teams. We've seen them lose to every big five foe that they've played. So they can play up, they can play down. Perhaps Xavier can get that one done. Uh, and then I mentioned the the common thread between Chattanooga plus 11 on Wednesday and Milwaukee plus 10 on Thursday. These are teams that, well, they also played an overtime game against each other, but the common, the, the true common thread is reinserting or inserting a key piece into the lineup. Chattanooga got Trey Bonham eligible. Uh, the former Dan Earl player at VMI who had a stop at Florida and now is with him at Chattanooga. Uh, he has been a difference maker, though they've played a difficult schedule since he got in there and haven't been great against the number. Uh, and that game could have really wild swings given how Samford plays up and down. And then Milwaukee got BJ Freeman back in the lineup. He was dominant mm -hmm. against Wright State, 23, 6, and 6 uh, in a big win over the Raiders there. Milwaukee seems like a team that's really trending up, probably undervalued. Matt, can I sell you on either of those double-digit dogs? That, very notably, probably will not be that big of spreads when they actually come out. Yeah, I feel like the Milwaukee number is going to be hit down pretty heavily, and so you're not going to get that juicy plus 10 equivalent with the money line value. I like that angle, though. I think they definitely are by low. How they match up with Oakland zone, uh, TBD, especially with this kind of revamped version they're working with. They lost hockey pieces from last season. Freeman back helps. I'm riding with you tentatively, Jim, on Milwaukee of these three. I, I kind of agree to you, Jim, with Milwaukee. Um, uh, Markeith Browning, got kicked off the team. That appears to be a positive chemistry wise. And, and Bart Lundy was basically their coach was basically like, we're, we're done losing. We're going to win. I guarantee it. And he's a good coach. I, I believe him. They've looked a lot better. I do lean your way there. Yeah. Chattanooga. I, they should be better. They've been horrible. Even with Bonham in the lineup, they've been like, meh. So I'm hoping they get back on track. 11's a lot of points. Yeah. That's, that's one where I think they, they just lost by 45 or something at Auburn 35. Yeah. Uh, might have actually created some value in the market because, look, nobody wins at Auburn. They blow out the major teams constantly there in the jungle. Now maybe Chattanooga's rating's a little lower, and, and with Bonham in there, I think at least they cover at Sanford. If it's double digits, I will be betting Chattanooga, no question. Yeah, I just hate fading Sanford at home. It's not fun either. It's not the jungle good, but it's very good. And then the other two Thursday, I mentioned Stony Brook plus seven at Northeastern. I don't love that one. Um, Aaron Clark is fully healthy though for Stony Brook. So that, that's perhaps useful. And Northeastern's defense is terrible. Uh, and then Matt, your FAU Owls most recently lost to Florida Gulf Coast. Any chance of a hangover for Gulf Coast at home hosting Jacksonville, who we know is is better against their own level of competition? I'd say strong to almost guarantee chance of a hangover. <laughs> the problem is I've only seen Florida Gulf Coast play good basketball. So I don't know this version of FGC that's like that's bad like versions that lost to Hampton or uh Mercer or by actually I guess that's really their only terrible efforts but I, I just don't think this team's that bad I really don't um should they be an FAU probably not got a good spot good matchup there Nate tough shots all that good stuff um I just it's a team that's on my no bet list Jim either way so I kind of have them off the just off the weird they two of their best players are still out <laughs> With, right, and so that's and Johnston, part of it too. So. Yeah, who knows? Plus, yeah. we're like their theoretical best big man's out for the seasons. Like they've mm -hmm. kind of, you know, injuries have been picking them off, and the shot quality score on that FAU game had them losing by like fourteen, which I test. <laughs> yeah, sort of agreed with. Zach Anderson was making just like insane fadeaway mid rangers. So yeah, I buy it. 
I'll open it up to you guys. Anything I missed or, or ones you did not see in my slate that you actually like quite a bit as a potential outright dog. Kai, what about you? Can I tempt you with Arizona State hosting Utah? Uh, about a seven-point spread. The Sun Devils, 2-0 and in the Pac-12. Little little confidence here uh, going back home. I, I think it's a, a decent home court. Uh, you know, it's not amazing. It's not a Utah home the court. The curtain of distraction. And you're catching Utah on the road. Second true road game. They did beat St. Mary's in their first true road game. So they can play on the road. I think they're way better than ASU. But I, I can see the Sun Devils pulling a puncher, uh, or excuse me, a knockout punch and take down Utah here. Yeah, ASU is wild. I, I believe they are, like you said, Kai, they're 2-0 in the Pac-12 but they have trailed for like 77 of the 80 minutes that they <laughs> yes. have played. Furious comeback at Stanford. Furious comeback at Cal after trailing the entire game in both of them. Uh, we'll see if that keeps going there. We'll talk conference futures in the spotlight section later. Uh, Arizona State, a very interesting price given their 2-0 start. Matthew, any any other teams for you you're looking at in the outright dog spot? Yeah, I'm taking the Golden Hurricane singular of Tulsa. On Thursday, they're hosting a team called Memphis, who's gotten a lot of hubbub recently because they're playing good basketball. Uh, but Memphis, away from their home gym, this year has been very good. However, playing Texas A&M shorthanded in VCU before VCU got good makes me a little bit skeptical that this team's actually as awesome on the road as they have shown resume-wise. And they did beat your Mizzou Tigers pretty handily. That was early in the year, though, when Mizzou wasn't very good at all. All that has to say is I kind of like this Tulsa team, and I think at home they're going to be a feisty dog, and we'll get plenty of value at like plus nine, hopefully, plus eight. Putting two, three to one there. Um, yeah, yeah Kim I like Eric got eleven. the boys at home. 11? Kim, yeah, Kim so you can pretty, pretty price there. And you're hoping Keiston Willis, a key guard for Tulsa, is back for league play. Unclear what his status is, but he followed Eric Conkle from Louisiana Tech, so a very important transfer because he's familiar with his coach. So interesting little uh, dart throw there, Matthias quick recap of what we're going with i am taking rhode island and jacksonville looking for that fgcu hangover and i'll be betting the spreads on chattanooga and milwaukee matt who are you taking roadie for sure i'll ride with you on milwaukee um maybe better to take spread i'll take money line there though i think that's a good money line high variance team and then tulsa i think memphis is the ultimate high variance team i mean they've almost lost a couple games at home recently so we'll see go her in all right takai i'll just go roadie here, Jim, with Moneyline Special, but I'll eye a couple of those dogs on the spread. Guy's so conservative. He doesn't want to give out too yeah. much here. Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Now we move to Blowout City. Fire in the hole. Looking for a, a big favorite or two that are going to take care of business this week. Two weeks ago, Iowa could not quite get it done against UMBC. And then a week later, they smoked Northern Illinois. That's one we uh, we wish we could have given that one out. Uh, and Iowa State got it done against Eastern Illinois, winning by 32, barely outpacing even the closing line of about 30 and a half on that one. All right, got two spots circled here. First one is Wednesday night, Chicago State headed to Oklahoma State. I will say, Matthew, I don't love Oklahoma State as a big favorite. I kind of like Chicago State as a feisty dog. But the Cougars are playing back-to-back. The Tuesday night game at Kansas State. I have to immediately turn around and go to another Big 12 venue in Oklahoma State. Do the Cowboys care enough? We'll see. What, what, do, what do you think of this one? Ken Palm has it 16 for Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, Chicago State, I think, just plays by a whole different set of rules. Like, we've seen them cover in insane travel situations the last two years under Gillian, and they're probably better this year. Um, just you get an extra year of Cardet and the supporting cast is slightly improved. A little worried about Oklahoma State. They're young. I think they sleepwalk through this game. 
spot's terrible. So I disavow this blowout city angle, Jim. Disavow. Okay. Kai, what about you? I mean, Chicago State, like Matt said, they, they can be strangely feisty and they don't have conference play to look forward to as an independent. I, I know. Right, I really exactly. don't want to. I don't really want to play Oklahoma State. I don't think this uh, the spot's terrible for Chicago State. Uh, Right, they they play at seven p.m. in the octagon of doom, and then they're getting on a bus, presumably, and heading down to to Stillwater, which I assume is like a five-hour drive. I'm not sure, four, four and a half-hour drive, whatever. But this team is pretty much an AU team, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to affect them too much. I, I think I'm just going to stay away completely from this one, Jim. Hi, two hundred fourteen yeah, but... miles apart is my exact. Oh, that's not that bad, actually. Okay, that's way shorter. Yep, there you go. Uh, Pepperdine at Gonzaga on Thursday night is my other one. I'm looking at. Gonzaga has had a week to stew over a home loss to San Diego State, a rare non-conference home loss at the kennel for Gonzaga. Uh, they've covered the last two at home against Pepperdine, and really in their last three at home, they've scored 117, 111, and 95 on the waves. They have taken them to the woodshed. However, Kai, this is a little bit of a slower, more methodical Pepperdine team. They're not playing track meets as much. They play through their front court, especially with Jevin Porter, younger brother of Michael Porter Jr. back in the lineup. Can Gonzaga get away here in a very angry opener spot of WCC play? I don't think I feel confident taking either side, to be honest. Uh, Gonzaga has not looked like Gonzaga, obviously. Um, We haven't seen them play too many duds. I guess they have blown out inferior competition. Just about every single team they've played, you know, below 250, 200 has, has been a blowout. Uh, but Pepperdine should have enough talent to hang within 20, I would think. Uh, so I, I'm probably just staying away here, Matt. I lean toward the waves. I just remember a time, there's a Colby Ross time, and Pepperdine was actually kind of good before they got super young, although they're getting old again this year under Romar. But they they competed with Gonzaga. I think they kind of use this as like, a, you know, we've sort of had a tough year. We've lost a lot of games. We've been stupid against bad teams, but then we got to go in this bright stage and play Gonzaga. I think they rise for this game. They're healthier, talented, and get a little older. Um, and Nolan Hickman injury, I think she, he should be fine, but he did get injured last game, worth noting. Pretty key player for a not very deep Gonzaga team. So I might get wavy with Romar and the squad. Yeah, Gonzaga especially no depth in the backcourt. Like Nemhard and Hickman play every minute they can handle, and if Hickman is even you know 80% of himself, that's a real issue. I think also it's important those those big Gonzaga blowouts I mentioned against Pepperdine were track meets like 80, 85 possession games. It does not seem like Pepperdine's going to let that happen this year, uh, especially with neither team really having a ton of depth. So I do actually lean against both of the potential blowouts here, guys. Tough to find these spots as we get into conference play. The, the true home blowout smack the opponent type uh, type of spot. We'll move on to our next segment, Power Games of the Week, the best ones on the entire slate. But first, a little message from BetMGM, who is our presenting sponsor. Please use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, Terms and conditions apply. It must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now let's get into it. The big ones. We got a huge one in the ACC on Wednesday and a huge one in the Pac-12 on Thursday. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. Starting in the ACC, Clemson, a minus three road favorite at Miami per Ken Pomeroy's projections. This is kind of this year's ACC non-blue blood darling 
against last year's non-Blue Blood ACC darling, as Miami did end up winning the conference last year. Uh, two monster offenses here. Kai, I don't really know how a small Miami front court handles P.J. Hall. Some injury concerns on the Miami side. What do you think here with the spread as Clemson potentially being a road favorite down in Coral Gables? Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, I, I love Clemson this year. I, I love this team, but no, I don't think they can be a favorite at Miami if, if healthy. Um, so if Miami is a dog at home, I will be inclined to bet on Miami. But the statuses of Poplar and, and, and Pack obviously loom large. If they're out, that shifts to, to Clemson in, in my book. Um, they, they're an awesome team map. I just don't trust them on the road against a really good Miami team, or at least a Miami team that has a gear to be good. Yeah, I, I mean, any pack to have that gear. Um, and Poplar, I guess, this year, too. Again, not a very deep team. I Clemson's beat Alabama. Pitt almost beat Memphis on the road. Like, they could beat mm -hmm. this version of Miami. I, I, I know I started with the Miami as a home dog. Like, that sounds really juicy to me. But I think that this is a an outlier exhibit where you have a really good Clemson team that's proven they're road-tested. They play well on the road. They're deeper against a Miami team that... You know, I don't think they're a sell, but certainly are trending in the wrong direction. Um, and they just have so small of a margin for error with with their lack of bodies. Yeah, I think that's the the, the biggest story is is the Poplar and Pack state day to day status. Pack has actually missed two games. Poplar only played 15 minutes last time out against North Florida, and Jim Laranega told reporters, "I'm not sure if they're going to play." So, like, there's actual coin flip status here. Of course, there's no injury report the way there is in the Big Ten telling you officially what their status is going to be going into the game. But if they're both out, I mean, this this Miami team really lacks weapons. And, and would, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see how far the line could climb without either of those two. Is Clemson going to be a six-point road favorite? I mean, it, 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 that could get wild. But um, Clemson's just been better, and Miami banged up with no depth is, is a real problem. All right, to Thursday night, where I mentioned a huge one in the Pac-12. That's because Arizona got smashed at Stanford over the weekend now sitting at one and one in the conference, uh, still a uh, better than even odds to win the conference per bet MGM. And again, we'll discuss that at the end, uh, but they need to start winning and they got to win a lot at home. Uh, they are minus nine per the early projections. Matthias Colorado got it done two and zero at home, despite being a little bit shorthanded in the mountain home uh, home stand. What do you think here? How important is Tristan to Silva's status or does Arizona just, angrily blow out a team out there back home. I think they'll be angry. I think they win. And it does feel like a big number to lay. Presumably if you're going to be getting laying close to close to double digits, as good as Colorado has been, even though they've been shorthanded. Um, I, a little worried with Tommy Lloyd talking about how his perimeter defense has been shaky, not very pleased with his guards, uh, you know, guys not staying in front of drivers on the perimeter and the way, uh, Cody Simpson's playing, man. Like that guy can get past anybody right now. Uh, just a blur with his speed in the open floor. Also, the Eddie Lampkin revenge game from the old TCU Arizona round of 32 showdown, maybe, Kai? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Just an angle for you there. Um, I lean toward Colorado. I can't believe I'm saying that because I've been Mr. Anti-Buff all season. I'd like to get Tris or De Silva back at least. Um, but I think the Arizona defensive question marks have me a little bit worried. KJ Simpson. I think you said Cody. KJ Simpson. Sorry, KJ Simpson. Thank you. Uh, I think Arizona beats them by double digits. Uh, this game could play could uh, play to eighty possessions. I, I think it's gonna be up and down. That's a good point. More possessions, more opportunity for blowouts. Arizona took Alabama down by double digits. They can beat anybody by double digits. Obviously, going to be upset after losing to Stanford. And that Stanford game was 
a crazy shooting display too by Stanford. Uh, you could argue they're knocked down a little bit in terms of a value perspective out there. Nine points spread against Colorado still is pretty high, uh, but I lean towards Arizona, Jim. Yeah, I'll probably bet Arizona here. I, I think Colorado's a different team away from home. Their only true road game was just going up to Fort Collins, like an hour bus ride. Uh, it's their only roadie they played so far, and now they have to go to Arizona. It's going to be vicious environment. Team looking to get right back on the on the right side of the wing column and banged up. Like if the Silva's not in there, I feel very good about it. Um, but Kai, we have seen Arizona very highly valued by the market, so there's a chance this number is actually like eleven or twelve. Probably would be a little bit uh, of a dicier wager, and certainly would amp up Matt's lean towards the road buffs. Okay, let's let's settle down now to the mid major level. Talk the mid-major games of the week. I've actually got three on Thursday because uh, one's a little bit of a two-pack. We're going to start in the Sun Belt. James Madison, the undefeated ranked Dukes, continuing to hang around in the AP poll. They're minus five on the road at Louisiana, who got off to an 0-1 start to Sun Belt play, losing at Marshall. Matt, undefeated. James Madison, do they just continue smashing teams here, or are you going to maybe step in on the, the home dog Cajuns? I definitely will not be a home dog backer here. It's going to be Dukes or nothing for me. Uh, but just last season, we saw James Madison, obviously not as dominant as their preseason this year, but they were pretty damn close to as dominant with some of the margins they were beaten, you know, meddling competition, we'll call it. Uh, middling competition, I should say. The Sun Belt's good, and I think a lot of the home courts are tough, and there's a lot more parity that, that arises in the Sun Belt. And I think you're going to see a lot closer of margins than maybe some of the JMU enthusiasts expect this season. Um Feels like a trap if I'm back in the Dukes here, but I do think they're the better team. I'm sort of selling the Cajuns, Kai. They've been very good. Marlon's a very good coach. Yeah. And at the Dome, they are a tough out. Uh, I just don't think it lasts. I think it's a little bit of a mirage what we've seen so far early on. Sunbelt's really tough to bet, um, just yeah. based on what you just said. It seems like results are pretty random. Anybody can hang with anybody. Louisiana's been a team that I can't really peg this, this season. Uh, like you said, better than I expected. They're tough but they can probably lay an A against James Madison. James Madison team, I am probably done trying to fade. I thought Texas State was a pretty good bet against them. I thought Hampton was a pretty good bet against them. And even when they look dead to rights, boom, they go on a, a huge run with their incredible offense and you know put put everything to bed. So I'm staying clear away from this game, Jim. Yeah, JMU is is up there, even with the, some of the best power conference teams in terms of spurtability, mm -hmm. the, the yeah. way they can go... 15-0 on you in, in three minutes, and you're just like, whoa, this game, I looked at my score app five minutes ago and had a chance, and now I'm completely buried mm. trying to fade them. Uh, that is scary. Louisiana's played a kind of a crazy schedule. Tons of road games, uh, only three home games so far. One was against a non-D1 team, so perhaps a home opener in league play, you get a really good home run effort, but yeah. I'm not willing to bet against the Dukes either. I, I think that one's scary. So next up, a colonial, no longer the Coastal Athletic Association, a two pack here. And I want to talk both games, guys, because all four teams involved sit between 110 and 122 per Ken Palm's national rankings. They are the very likely winners of the league. It's very, very likely the winner comes out of this group. Got UNC Wilmington headed to Drexel, where the Dragons are a three point home favorite, and then Charleston heading to Hofstra. The Pride, a five-point home favorite. Matt, I'll go to you first. Which one of these games jumps out to you most? Do you have a betting angle you like on either one? What are you looking at here in the Coastal Athletic Association? I like both road teams. 
feels like I'm a sucker, like a spinny, easy, uh, low-hanging fruit angle there. But I think Wilmington catching Drexel off that white-hot shooting display against a bad, bad, bad Hampton defense, just a disastrous defense they have there. Sorry, Pirates. Uh, I think Wilmington comes ready to play. I think they're going to actually be better in conference play. They had really good non-con, but they are missing – one key forward who's they're supposed to get back soon. I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, it's a deep team. I like them. They're well coached. I think they'll travel well. And then Charleston, then they've been awesome at home. They've been awesome pretty much all over the place. And they've got some good guys emerging in their rotation. I think it took Pat Kelsey a week or two early on in the year to kind of figure out who's going to be his his primary horses. But um, they have a, a real rim protector up front emerging. And, and Scott, I think he's a big difference maker. So um, sorry, Speedy, I'll be fading you as well. Uh, both road teams for me. Yep. I like Wilmington a lot. Takeo Siddle has dominated this conference the last couple of years. Um, been very impressed with him. Drexel, I think, is a bit overrated. They're really good, I, and I thought they'd be good in the preseason as well. Their defense is incredible, but the offensive display they showed last game was way above their heads, leaning towards Wilmington there. I lean towards Charleston, Jim, but Hofstra is very good. Um, I, I would be a little nervous fading them. Five points is probably too much. Would lean towards the Cougars. Yeah, decent chance I end up having Wilmington favored on the road there against Drexel. I'm just really not sold on them. They're super reliant on Justin Moore in the backcourt, and that man is as erratic as it gets at this level. I mean, the rest of their team's fairly steady, but Moore can turn the ball over eight times, or he can have a virtuoso performance. I just trust Wilmington's guards way, way more. So I'll be riding the Seahawks as well. That makes it a, a three for three. We all like the road Seahawks in that one. And then the other game, Charleston's hard to figure out. Been one of the uh, you know, a very bad three-point shooting team all year. And we truly believe that they've got good shooters, but they haven't been able to show it so far. And we know Hofstra's offense is tremendous. So uh, that's closer to a sit-out for me, although the price at five is fairly appealing. I think those teams are roughly equal. Remember, Hofstra beat Charleston at Charleston last year, right? That was one of their only two conference losses uh, and only two losses until the, the tournament. Yep, ended up uh, what Revenge. costing or, or they ended up had a share of the uh, that's right the yes, regular yes, season yes, title yes. and Hofstra got the one seed due to that tiebreaker so yeah, maybe some some revenge angle cooked up in there. All right, now the trash man pick of the week. We go from good to bad here. The trash man pick of the week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. That it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. Last week, Marist and Notre Dame, 116 total points. Marist barely covers, losing by four. Now we're going to the Patriot, and fellas, let's we'll try not to pick on the Patriot League too much this year, but it will be in this section more than once. Uh, there are some bad, bad squads out there, some slow squads, some horrendous offenses, and this matchup fits the bill. Uh, Army, they are a one-point dog at Lafayette. Both these offenses are in the bottom five nationally. For Ken Palm, 119 points projected in this one. Only two combined D1 wins between the two teams here. It's ugly, Kai. Do you have a betting angle or is this a, a stay away because they're trash? Man, I guess I lean towards Army. Uh, Lafayette's been truly terrible. They scored 0.56 points per possession against Richmond. They scored 38 points. Uh, I was on the end of that game, so appreciated it. Uh, they've <laughs> scored over one point per possession twice against D1 teams this year, just really anemic. Army, look, they're not a very good team, but sometimes they can score. You saw that game against Indiana. They take a ton of threes, a lot of variance there. Uh, they have a couple talented players. Josh Scovins has been 
pretty darn good the last couple of games. Um, so I think Army's got the better team here. I'm not scared of Lafayette's offense. I'm leaning towards Army. Man, you're not scared of Justin Vanderban, the seven footer. The uh, where's he from, Kai? Vanderbilt, Vanderbond, BC. Vanderbond? He went to BC. He, he, came, he came from BC, <laughs> BC transfer. He's actually like yeah. one of the better players in the Patriot. He is like the ultimate under dude, just blocks everything, looks like a beanstalk compared to Patriot competition, but he cannot make layups. So good for unders. Um, great trash man choice, Jim. I have no take on a side here. Yeah, just looking at it, I thought Army, because I think they've just had more flashes, as Kai referred to. Super young team. They're playing a lot of freshmen, uh, or at least key freshmen uh, in key roles. So I lean their way, but and maybe Lafayette, who also played a really kind of a, a brutal non-conference, a lot of road games. Mm. Maybe they start to look better here. Uh, yeah, appropriately. Stay away unless maybe you want to jump in on the under and close your eyes as you're hoping for like a 55-50 to 50 final. All right, now, fellas, we get to our final section, and it should be a fun one. We're, we're doing a spotlight on conference title odds, especially with league play tipping off in, in the power conferences. I know there have been a couple games in December for the Big Ten and the ACC and others, but I think it's a good time to look at possible value as we enter league play. We're going to go in alphabetical order, power conferences, maybe dip into the Mountain West, American and see what we think there. But starting with the ACC, Matthew, Duke, the favorite, plus 250, uh, all these odds per bet MGM. UNC right behind them, uh, Clemson as well, at plus 275. I think notably Wake Forest, 10 to 1, given uh, Efton Reed in the lineup, potential return of Demario Monsanto, maybe Wake Forest ascends. But, Matt, is it really just one of the favorites? What do you see here in the ACC? I think it's Duke or Clemson. Um, this is not a Virginia year. It's just the team's not built for an ACC tournament run. They're too young. I think the the problems that Tony Bennett's dealing with are, are too regular real. season. So I, regular season. Thank you. Um, so put them to the side. Duke or Clemson for me. I like Wake Jim. Just feels like too much of a flyer. I actually don't hate Virginia at nine to one. To be honest, I I think there's a guarantee Virginia wins at least twelve games in, yeah, in conference play. I, I know they really lost Notre Dame already, but this is Tony Bennett in the ACC still. Uh, People are too low on them right now. Yeah, the defense is for real. And uh, even just watching that Notre Dame game, Notre Dame, I think, banked in two threes in the first half, including an alley-oop bank at the shot yeah. clock buzzer. <laughs> uh, the offense has major issues, but um, I, I do see, as, as these guys mentioned, very metronomic-type team. That said, I kind of think Clemson wins, guys. I, I just have been so impressed with them, their experience, their deep um, and I think Duke and UNC will have the questionable road performances. Uh, Duke's already lost at Georgia Tech when they lost Proctor, whereas Clemson's been nothing short of nails on the road. Uh, so I, I'm I'm actually going to go with Clemson as my pick there. Maybe not a great wager. I do think Wake Forest might be worth a flyer. Uh, that could age poorly as they play at BC tonight. We'll see if they pick up a loss. Next up, the Big 12. These surprised me a little bit. Houston plus 230, just barely ahead of Kansas at plus 240. BYU six to one, one of the biggest risers in all of the country in non-conference play. Baylor seven to one, Oklahoma there at 10 to one. Kai, Kansas is well behind Houston in just about every analytical measure, especially predictively. Do you think they should be right about even with Houston, especially with the loss of Terrence Arsenault? Yes, I do. Uh Kansas, it's still Kansas's league, and they're. I think Houston's the better team. 
in my ratings at least, but Kansas is right there. They're probably 1A, 1B. I think one of the two are going to win the league. I love BYU. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12, though. So I, I think it's Kansas for Houston there. Matthew? I like Houston. I like Houston. I think their defense travels. Um, BYU at their home court is going to be very enticing, and I think mm-hmm. they're yeah. you know, like they're overrated in Ken Palm and other rankings, and I think by association over like overvalued, I should say, in these markets. But their home advantage is very real in a you know double round robin regular season setting. So I I go back and forth there. I still think it's Houston's to lose. Um, I'm more I'm lower on KU. I think than most people are. I, I feel like the flaws are very real. And they're one injury away from being in, in major, major trouble. Yeah, it's basically four good players. And they got a decent Timberlake game recently, a good El Marco Jackson game against Wichita. But uh, I think the inconsistency there for Kansas is a problem, whereas Houston's just got a pretty high performance floor because of the defense and the offensive rebounding. So, yeah, I, I lean Houston as well. Matt, the one other side of the sword with BYU is – the road trips that they're going to have to take are brutal, like going to UCF and West Virginia. And, uh, you know, everybody has to go out to the mountains for them, but they've got to, they've got to go yep. on long Turn road the trips favorite. the other way. So that, that could uh, hamper BYU. And again, I, I tend to agree. They are not a top five team nationally, the way that um, Haslametrics and Ken Palm and Bartorvik and Evan Mia all have them. So not quite up there. 13 and five projection for Ken Palm for BYU. That seems too rich. I yeah. think they lose seven games. Yeah, that seems reasonable. 11 7. All right, to the Big East, where you got two co favorites, UConn and Marquette, both at the top at plus 200. Villanova at plus 275, mostly because they have already won two road games, including at Creighton. That is a major, major boost. Uh, and speaking of Creighton, they are 7 to 1, sitting at 0 and 2 in the league, heading to Georgetown tonight as we record this on Tuesday, potentially picking one up uh, there. Notable odds here, Providence, 10 to 1, the team that never loses at home. And then St. John's, 25 to 1, trending up. They played UConn super close on the road. Uh, perhaps Patino has gotten things figured out. Kai, any pick for you in the Big East? No, good luck with this league. I think there's half the league can win it, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I think it's going to be UConn or Marquette. So I, I agree with the favorites. Um, you, you know, Villanova could hang on. And, of course, you like going with the team that's 2 and already. I don't see Providence hanging on. Their offense is not good enough. Um, a flyer doesn't really entice me here. So I think it's UConn or Marquette. And, I, and again, I don't have a big preference there. Yeah, coming into the year, it was, okay, the top three is head and shoulders above yep. Marquette, UConn, Creighton. Um, and now, Matt, can I tempt you with Creighton at 7-1? to one? Uh, at, Yes, at the base, At tempted. the base of their value? Okay. I am tempted. I think it's my favorite by low the bunch. Um, again, super, I mean, they're going to defend home, I think, consistently throughout conference play. I know they already took one to to Nova there, but I think that's going to, I think that'll age as a fluke. Um, and I think their perimeter issues, how they don't have any quickness and how they can't always guard people. They're too shot making reliant. I think that's going to even itself out. Um, I trust McDermott too much. I trust the talent there. I trust the experience. Um, so yeah, I think Creighton's this is a this is good, good time to buy low Creighton in all markets, titles, conference, betting, game to game. The jump shooting Jays are not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Matt. I, they lost at Marquette, which even if you're betting on them to win the league in preseason, you're expecting a loss there. Yep. So they're only a little below what you'd expect them to be because that home loss to Nova, I think they're going to find a way to make up for that on the road. Uh, I don't think they'll win. Again, they're plus 700, but I think it's a decent uh, decent odds bet considering where we value them in the preseason, then I'm not faulting them for losing at Marquette. All right, so the Big Ten 
Maybe this one's going to be quick. Purdue minus 200, the heavy, heavy favorite. Wisconsin next up at 8-1. to one. Michigan State 12-1. to one. And fellas, Illinois 14-1. to one. That is an insane price if Terrence Shannon ever plays again. Of course, he is uh, suspended indefinitely due to a rape ap- accusation from back in September. So probably unlikely to ever play and, and would explain the odds. But Kai, is this just Purdue, even though they already have a loss in the league play? I'd be shocked if Purdue does not win the Big Ten. So that makes sense. Uh, minus 200 is not really a price I'm looking to lay in conference futures. Um, you know, you're right, Illinois. That's obviously the, the best bet on here if we knew Shannon's future. Uh, I don't hate Wisconsin at 8-1. to one. I, th- I think they're my, maybe the second best team in the league. Um, and if you're looking for something that's not minus 200, that might not be a bad way to go. Yeah, Purdue also has the ninth hardest schedule per Ken Palm's conference strength of schedule rating. Very handy tool that he has. Imbalanced schedule, you got to look at that for. I believe that's only that's the games they have already played, played already. That is not that's projected. That's to date. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I should have gone through and made my little uh, heat map thing. I apologize. <laughs> I kind of like Sparty. I think Sparty's gonna gonna do the classic Sparty thing this year. So oh, and two uh, already though in the league. Yeah, you know, the Purdue's one and one. So I feel like <clears> it kind of gives. I think there were. It produced the the favorite you're chasing. Purdue, I think, has already shown um, some vulnerability, at least to in conference matchups. Um, so yeah, I think the value is there for Sparty. Yeah, I'm not touching anything besides Purdue. I, I think they end up. I, Ken Palmer Jackson, sixteen and four. I think they go sixteen and four and are just fine to to run away with that league. Uh, Wisconsin, maybe the the Virginia of the Big Ten, but I I'm not going to get there. Yeah, with them. I, it's a good point. Wisconsin got a, a solid look for me too. All right, to the Pac-12. I mentioned Arizona took the loss at Stanford. They still are minus 150 atop the league, taking on Colorado this week, who is second in the odds at plus 400, followed by fellow 2-0 mountain team Utah at 5-1. Matt, they're starting to get a little bit from Davon Smith. How about that? Uh, And then Oregon 12-1. Notably, Arizona State 2-0 on the road already, 100-1 to win the league. Kai. Are you gonna you gonna look at Mr. Hurley and and go for that miracle? I mean, I might take a hundred to one, but <laughs> it, it'd be kind of like Purdue. It would shock me if Arizona did not win the Pac-12. Uh, I, I just don't think Utah and Colorado have it from a road perspective. Um, I, I think Oregon's depth has to catch up with them at some point, and they're gonna get caught in a game or two. Arizona State's honestly not very good, but again, hundred to one. So I I think it's Arizona's bet still and again minus 150 reflects that that line of thinking yeah I, I agree i mean arizona lost six games last year in conference and they did not have to make the mountain trip which i believe they do this year so um i don't have a hot take here jim other than i think arizona is actually not a great bet is that that's all i have to offer and maybe fine, would yeah. lean oregon at 12 to 1 could get healthy down the stretch altman kind of a late march surge but that's it yeah, team. Uh, there, the reports now that Biddle could come back a lot sooner than expected. Yeah. Like he was maybe going to be out for the year, and his scans looked a lot better. Dante could come back, and Shellstad has become a true star in the backcourt. So, I am a little bit intrigued by two and zero Oregon at twelve to one, having already beat the, the California schools. Uh, I'm I'm with these guys. Arizona, not much value at minus one fifty. The likely winner, but one and one with that mountain road trip. Uh, I don't think you should bet them. The SEC, the most parity you'll find in any of these conference odds, Tennessee and Auburn sharing the top spot at 3-1, to one, Kentucky Big Blue Nation at 5-1, to one, 
Alabama six to one, which is a little surprising given that they are the highest ranked team in all of the metrics and there's been no SEC games played. So it's not like they're buried by an 0-2 start or anything. Uh, notable long shots here, Mississippi State 14 to one with Tolu Smith back. Ole Miss is undefeated. They have Chris Beard. They're 25 to one. Matt, what direction are you looking at in the SEC? I feel like there's a lot of takes to be had on this one. What's Florida at again? I love uh, 10 to one, right? 12. Yeah. I had Florida looking at 15, but 12, 10, 12 is a little too low. It did crapshoot. I lean um, Bama with that price. I just think they're actually built for a really good regular season run. They actually can make shots in a league that is starved for shot making. Um, Now, defensively, they have question marks, but I don't think this is like a 2022 defensive meltdown i think it's closer to last year somewhere in the middle i think it's good enough to to make oh, a deep run here last year's team was awesome defensively yeah i'm saying it's definitely not last year but it's not as bad as 2022 i think there's the truth is in, in the middle and that's good we, enough for me at six to one okay i think this defense is closer to 22 than last year closer in terms yeah of being bad that's versus being good uh all right kai what about you uh, like i said different routes you can go with this conference i think five teams can win the league so again good luck it's kind of pick your horse. The best value is Alabama. I, I they at six to one comparatively comparatively to the other teams, you know, where they're priced. But I think Auburn can win the league, and I think Tennessee is still probably the, the favorite in my eyes. And Kentucky can win it. A and M can win it. So I'm staying clear away. Yeah, you missed the Auburn value. That, that's the problem. If we did this yeah. like uh, two weeks ago, that was the value play. Now it's done. Yeah, Matt, coming into the year, you love Mississippi State. Hey, n- nothing jumps out at you 14 to one with toes no, valid point um you're right i have no rebuttal i still love that team um okay. they've just been i guess the georgia tech southern back-to-back losses was so uh scarring to me that i haven't quite gotten past that but I, I should it's a new season a new dawn a new day and they'll be healthier chris chance can coach basketball yep and in his debut holy smith was fantastic uh, had 10 points, five rebounds in the first half, finished with 16 and nine in just 19 minutes. Now it was against terrible competition, but uh, if they get a true SEC player of the year caliber guy in there with their added shot making in the backcourt, perhaps Mississippi State would be worth a play at 14 to one. All right, Mountain West guys, real quick. This one also a lot of parody. Colorado State two to one, New Mexico plus 300, San Diego State plus 350, Nevada plus 450. Kai, we got in the Mountain West. Uh, Boise 20 to one is nuts. I would say that's the best value on the board. They played a lot better recently as well. I think San Diego state's my pick though at three fifty. No value for New Mexico, but that's my pick three to one been on record. I just think they're the best team in this league. Um, worry about some of the reintegration of Mr. Mashburn with how awesome that cohe that cohesive perimeter group was playing without him. Um, I think Boise Kai's right. It's the best value pick. I just think Boise's not very good. So I can't in good faith bet that myself. And there's a chance that these move a decent amount with New Mexico playing at Colorado State tonight on Tuesday as we record this. So if you're listening Wednesday morning and New Mexico lost, maybe Matthews Lobos are going to have a little more value at 350 or four to one. So check that out. Uh, the American and WCC are both two horse races, like pretty clearly, unless you love San Francisco and the WCC. FAU minus 140, Memphis plus 190 in the American. Matthew, who are you going with? I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think Memphis has more value here because we oh, yeah. talked about this breakdown in the offseason. Like FAU was uh, a slight favorite at that point, and we thought they were head and shoulders above Memphis. I think most people, that was the assumption. Now we know Memphis is really good. 
Um, and FAU, like, are they better than we thought? Like, no, they're probably what we thought they were. They've shown they can take tough losses. They can play down to competition. Certainly not a type of team you want to profile that you want to back in a conference title race. Memphis has proven they can win on the road. Um, I like Memphis at two to one, basically. It's the much better value. Yeah, I think yeah. FAU is going to win the league, but if you're looking for value, it's, it's the better mm. play. I don't think any other team wins this league. I mean, Tulane is the other team I'd look at at 30 to one. I think they could surprise. I like that. Yeah, I, I can't even look outside these. I think Memphis wins. I mean, I think the plus 190 is a really good value. Those teams are pretty close to equals to me, especially with Naquan Tomlin into the lineup for Memphis as they integrate look him. Uh, yeah, he, he looks good. really good. WCC guys, Gonzaga. Minus 175, St. Mary's plus 175. San Francisco has quietly snuck up 5-1 to one because of their incredible defense. Kai, is this just Gonzaga, or do you think St. Mary's figures it out? I think St. Mary's is the better value right now, um, especially with Gonzaga's depth issues. Um, and I still maintain St. Mary's is a very good team. Um, I know they've dropped I a agree. couple games, not a couple, several. I still think they're a really good team and, and can win the league. I agree. There's no matchup kryptonites really in the WCC that St. Mary's has to deal with, which I think has been like super duper athletic, like long wings. Now the Dons have lots of length. I just don't think they, the way they play um, will give St. Mary's many fits. Um, so yeah, I like the Gales. I'm with Kai and I'm kind of selling the Zags. This year. San Francisco up into the top 50 of Ken Pong. Nothing yeah. I think they're crushing. super overrated. Okay. All they're right. good, Extreme, but they're overrated. extremely overrated. Yep. Uh, all right. Last one to look at here, the A-10 parody kind of, but Dayton's actually reasserted themselves as the best team up there at 2-1. to one. St. Joe's 4-1, to one, given their impressive play in the non-conference. St. Bonaventure and Duquesne, two preseason darlings, plus 550, plus 650. And Kai, if I know you like I think you do, <laughs> the right bet here is VCU at 7-1 to one with Sean Bairstow and Joe Bamisil back in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, Dayton's been incredible recently uh but i vc is the best bet on the board absolutely bearstow changes them bamisil already changed them this team is going to be legit over the next few weeks matthew thoughts i think i agree um i'm actually a little higher on dayton probably than most people are the two to one doesn't feel like there's a lot of value there but i still think they are the best team by a not a substantial margin but they are on their own tier um and I just don't trust St. Joe as much regular season. I don't really trust St. Bonnie. Now they look really good. I just still don't think they're as good as their analytic profile indicates talent-wise, as good as Mark Schmidt is. I love the Dukes. I can't quite get there. VCU is the best value play. I think I'd still take Dayton at 2-1. to one. They look yeah, really I, good right now. They're shooting the crap out they of the look ball. Great. They actually, yeah. Yep. I, I think VCU is the bet if you want to get in on this just because they are undervalued from an analytical perspective. Bear still played for... Uh, their coach Ryan Odom at Utah State, so easy integration there coming off his injury. I also kind of like George Mason down at 20 to Mason's 1 or solid too. To one. Yep. Um, but it's likely going to come down to Dayton or VCU if you ask me. And seven to one, not bad odds there for the Rams. All right, fellas, that wraps it up. That is our uh check-in on conference odds. There's some mid-major stuff out there too. Bet MGM has odds on every league. So if you want to dive mm -hmm. in and, and try to find some mid-major value there is some out there but uh we're out of time we're, we're not gonna bore you with all that so thank you for tuning into big bets on campus this week shout out to bet mgm our lovely loyal sponsor see you back here next week wednesday morning on the big bets on campus feed we have the three men weave enjoy hoops this week
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.